New Zealand is deploying 30 more troops to Europe to help train the Ukrainian fighters. They're not actually going to go into Ukraine themselves. Uh, the, instead, the Ukrainians and the Kiwis will get together in the UK. This comes after 50 defence personnel were deployed for two months in April and after we sent $16 million to buy military equipment for Ukraine. Deputy Prime Minister and Finance Minister Grant Robertson is with us now. Evening, Minister. Evening, Heather. Before we get to that, um, the Aussie election, do you think that Albo is going to cut back on the 501 deportations? Oh, well, obviously those conversations haven't, haven't started in detail yet. Um, you know, he's very aware of the issue, very aware of our concerns around the 501s. And as the Prime Minister said earlier today, this is not about people not being deported per se. There'll always be elements of that between the two countries. It's the people without any real connection to New Zealand whatsoever. So, we're, you know, we're optimistic about the conversations that can take place from here. But quite clearly, he's just got his feet under the desk. He's taken off to Japan. Um, I'm sure the PM will be catching up with him again soon. Because he sort of indicated that he would apply a bit more discretion there, right? If they had spent a long time in Australia, they wouldn't get deported. But then thereafter, he started to make different noises and he said the balance, the settings are about right. So I lost a bit of hope. Did you? As I say, I've heard him say the first part of those comments that you said, that he's aware of of some of the um, imbalances, I guess is the right word, in terms of the way the policy had been implemented. Um, but we have to work that through with them, and, and you know they have a lot of issues on their plate, but this is the issue the Prime Minister's raised directly with Scott Morrison, and she'll do it with him again. And, and you know we had a constructive working relationship with Scott Morrison and his government, um, but this issue remains one that New Zealanders want us to keep pushing on, and we will. This business about whether we've had an invitation to the White House or not is weird. Has the Prime Minister actually had an invitation? Well, that's been worked through with officials. Um, the question's not so much about that. It's some of the logistics of, of getting the meeting organised in the COVID world that we all live in. I'm not day-to-day um, involved in that. But, you know, look, I, you know, she's going there. She's got a good programme um, on Capitol Hill with the business delegation that she's taking with her, with the California governor, with the tech company. So it's a good good program no matter what. Um, and, and I'm pretty optimistic about other, other meetings she might have, but that'll all play out over the next few days. Do you reckon she's going to get an invitation? I'm optimistic that she's going to get some meetings when she's there. Um, mm. There's all sorts of, you know, logistics and COVID-related issues, and I'm not going to pretend to know all of the details of it either, but but it's going to be a good visit for New Zealand. The business delegation that's with her is, is, is one that's really excited to be there. There's massive opportunities, particularly in the tech sector, but also for our primary producers as, as well. Mm. And so there's I mean, you'll want a meeting. You'll want a meeting, right? Because every of Prime course. Minister since David Longy's had of a meeting. Course. Of course, and and clearly the last few years haven't been exactly facilitative to a meeting. Prime Minister met with Donald Trump in various international forums over the yeah. time that um, pre-COVID and post-COVID, here she is off to the States on just a second trip out of New Zealand. So I think it'll be a good visit, and I think there'll be, there'll be good meetings at high levels. Hey, look, I note that we are every week announcing drip, drip, drip what we're doing for the Ukraine. Why don't we just send them a whole bunch of stuff that actually is worthwhile? For example, the LAVs that we have surplus. Why don't we send them those? Well, my understanding is that they've been considered, but, you know, and there's a barrier to potentially something like that being used, but that is not what has been asked for. 
we're we're one country, many trying to support Ukraine here, and we work closely with with other countries in Europe, particularly about what's the best contribution we can make right now. Um, we respond to requests quickly. We've been getting on with all the other things we're doing with sanctions and and the work that we've been doing with humanitarian assistance. But but these you know are practical. Um, examples of how we can help. And actually having people on the ground is significant. You know, for New Zealand to have first that group of 60-odd, now this group of 30 going over, that's showing that we are there to support the people of Ukraine, um, that we are taking this seriously. So we'll, we, we, we listen to what is asked for and we endeavour to do our best to fit in with what everyone else is doing as well. So do we only send stuff over that they ask for? Well, it's, an, it's a two-way conversation, obviously. You know, so sometimes we just offer them things. Yeah, I was going to say we're aware of the of the needs and and look to see what we can do mm. to, to offer. But but equally, it's you know, it's one of those situations here that we all want to be doing more to help Ukraine in the face of this illegal invasion. This is going to go on for some time, and so therefore there will be a continuing series of announcements because the war itself will evolve and New Zealand's contribution will evolve. But this has been what we did today, what we announced today to do this training has been welcomed by our partners, welcomed by Ukraine, and we'll just keep at it. We discuss it regularly, we look for opportunities, and this is the latest one. Because can I check with you, we had about 30 surplus LAVs. We've sold 22 to Chile. That means we've got eight left over and we're doing nothing with them. We could send them, right? Well, again, it would be what is useful and and what is needed and required at any given moment. I'm I'm not certain about those numbers here. Uh, whether I mean I'm aware of the sale to Chile, but I'm not sure of the exact okay. numbers. In the end, what we're doing now is getting people on the ground. We've, we're there doing logistics. We're there doing intelligence. We're there doing people movement. Uh, this is the stuff we can do now, and and we should be doing it. Do you know what I found weird last week at the budget is that your government has made such a big deal about trying to get kids out of poverty and then when you're handing out money for the cost of living, they are the very people that you leave off it. You don't give beneficiaries $27 a week. Why did you do that? Well, we've put huge money in over the last couple of years to support those on the lowest incomes. You know, we lifted benefits in 2020, 2021 and 2022. If you're a single person on the benefit, $109 a week better off than you were when Labor came in. If you've got kids, you're $175 Yes, but they're still struggling. There are still kids in poverty. Yeah, but but you you asked me why. No, that's why, because significant resources gone in. So they've had enough. concluded that there was a wider group of of New Zealanders, middle-income New Zealanders, who also needed a bit of help. But as the point that Simon Wilson makes, and it's a fair point to make, which is, yeah, yeah, it's tough being a middle New Zealander, but it's even tougher to be a poor New Zealander, and then you leave them off. But my argument, as I've just made, is we haven't. We've given significant increases on the 1st of April. We've had the winter energy payment on the 1st of May, which is for superannuitants and those of low income. And the stuff we've done for them is permanent. You know, even in the budget, we had the trebling of the the grants for dental treatment, the removal of the discriminatory child support um, rules. That's all permanent. That will all be with people on low income forever, whereas what we've done for middle-income earners is really a temporary payment just to be able to get through some of these next few months where inflation is particularly high. Hey, so you promised you're going to go hard on the supermarkets. Is that announcement this week? I'm not sure if it'll be this week. There's a lot, a lot happening this week, but it's not far away. And okay. and clearly there is a lot to do there. The report, and we've certainly signalled that you know what we did with the covenants was just something we could do quickly through the parliamentary process. There's a lot more there. The duopoly knows that we are focused on how we get lower prices for New Zealanders, and that they're a target of that. So 
you'll hear more about that in the near future for sure. Well, thank you for that, Minister. That's the Finance Minister, Deputy Prime Minister Grant Robertson.